You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all, dear listeners, here from the House of Victories, the Battle for Two Mosque, the largest mosque in uh, Western Europe. Um, you know, it is an absolute pleasure to be here in the studio again, and you are joined here by myself, Muhammad Attar. It is another edition of The Breakfast Show. It is Wednesday, the 14th of September. We do have some, you know, interesting topics lined up for you today. We'll be discussing the International Day for the Pre- Preservation of the Ozone Layer, as well as in another segment we'll be discussing child poverty. An estimated 18 million families could struggle to heat their homes this winter. But before that, as you know, you know we always discuss the news and uh, the weather update, and we will be discussing that after a very short break. So please do join us after a very short break. Do not go anywhere. If you do have any questions, as always, the number to call in is at 020-86-87-7878 or you could tweet us at Voice of Islam UK. Please do not go anywhere. Do join us after the very short break. Selections from the writings of the promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the founder of the Ahmadiyya movement in Islam. Hearken ye who have ears to hear. What is it that Allah requires of you? Only that you should become His alone and set up no equal with Him, neither on this earth nor in heaven. Our God is the one who is alive today as much as He ever was. Likewise, He speaks today as He did in the past. He hears as He used to hear. To think that He only listens but does not speak in this age is a vain belief. Indeed, He both hears and speaks. All his attributes are eternal and everlasting. None of his attributes were ever suspended, nor will they ever be. He is the same unique being who has no associate. He has neither son nor wife. And he is the same eternal being who is peerless, and there is none like unto him. There is no one similar to him in his attributes. None of his powers ever wane. He is near, yet far, distant, yet close. He is the highest of the high, yet it cannot be said that there is anyone below him farther than he. He is in heaven, but it cannot be said that he is not on earth. He combines in himself all the most perfect attributes and manifests the virtues which are truly worthy of praise. He is the fountainhead of all excellence. He is the all-powerful. Everything good originates from him, and to him all things return. All possessions belong to him. In him all excellences combine. He is free from blemish, without weakness. He is unique in his right to be worshipped by all who dwell on the earth or belong to heaven. 
Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Uh, welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Um, there are, there, you know, before we actually get into the, um, the, you know, the main, the main sort of subjects that we're going to be speaking about, the main segments, um, as introduced before, we have three main uh, uh, segments that we are going to be speaking about. Uh, but before that, I'm talking a little bit uh, about what's happening in the news and uh, what's the, you know, what the what the weather is also looking like as well as as you know today is uh, is quite uh, drizzly. Uh, well, I mean, especially here in uh, in South London, hmm. where temperatures are you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen degrees, is going to go as high as uh, as twenty one degrees uh, today, and the rain will uh, hopefully stop uh, towards the you know towards the afternoon, um, and relatively dry towards uh, to, you know towards the night. Tomorrow, the forecast is saying that it's going to rain as well. Um, uh, and temperatures will be as high as 19 degrees, uh, and also the outlook for Friday into into the weekend and uh, early next uh, next week as well. Um, some sunny spells as well, um, but uh, you can see you can see that you know gradually the temperature is uh, is sort of uh, is is going down, is declining, and uh, you know the, the summer season is is uh, is ending or ended. Some people. <laughs> Some people would uh, would argue that it's ended, but uh, the you know the autumn season is uh, is you know very fast approaching as well. And before you know it, we're going to go back to GMT, and then the, and the mm. day is going to get uh, uh, very short, uh, very short as well. So it's uh, you know it's I mean that's the I mean that's the what the weather is. Talking about anything which is um, popping uh, popping on the news. Of course, you know we see that the the funeral the funeral of uh, Queen Elizabeth, Her Majesty the Queen, um, has been going around, and you can also get the, you know, the tour updates as well if you want to stand uh, in the to- you know in the crowd, uh, and uh, and you know see see the see the funeral passing by as well. Uh, you can also do that as well. But um, there are, the, I mean, the the funeral is going to take place on uh, on Monday. Uh, which is uh, which is the nineteenth of September. Uh, that will be a bank holiday as well. And um, of course, you know the, the new king has been uh, Charles III has been uh, has been appointed. Uh, I mean, he is on the throne right now um, as the as the new ruler as a new ruler of uh, of state. Um, so that's uh, yeah. Of course, as as you know, anyway, today we're going to be speaking a little bit about that as well. Um, a little bit later on, when it comes to you know when it comes to the you know her services, the Queen's services and everything, which uh, you know which she has done as well. Of course, we you know there is a lot which uh, which which she has done over her seventy period uh, rule, as she was queen for seventy years. So there is a lot of her services towards the towards the nation, towards the Commonwealth, uh, to you know to, you know towards the whole world, uh, you know essentially as well. 
So we will remember some of our services uh, in today's show also. Uh, another thing which is uh, quite uh, quite interesting is that today we are today we're going to be uh, holding a rememberable or, or memorial service to Her Majesty the Queen, uh, Queen Li- Queen Elizabeth II, uh, here in the Battle Futu as well, uh, the Battle Mosque. Um, and uh, you know, which is which is situated in uh, you know in South London, and uh, it's open doors. All the all the all, you know all of our neighbours are welcome to come, and uh, it will be you know quite a, quite a memorable uh, event as well. Um, anything which is uh, interesting interested you in in the news as well? I know you know there was something um, in the in the cost of fuel. Hmm. Um, you know, talking about how it's sort of helping. Ease the inflation rate to nine point nine percent. I mean, the 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 Sky News has reported that the rate of inflation eased slightly to nine point nine percent in the in the twelve months to August, aided by a fall a fall in fuel costs. The Office for National Statistics said that the fall in fuel prices was the main factor in the fall in the fall from the ten point one percent CP. Uh, CPI seen in uh, seen in July and the rise in food prices has been the main reason the overall inflation figure has remained high however the the latest uh, consumer price index which is a CPI um, measure comes against a backdrop of certainty amongst economists that further increase lie ahead as winter approaches um, uh, and you know that's and I've seen it obviously you know when you when you drive past the 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 fuel stations, the gas stations. Um, I think uh, today I saw one six one six two for petrol. And I think it was yeah. one eight something one eight four or something mm. for for diesel. Mm. And if you, you know if you if you if you think about this, it's uh, it is quite low. I mean, it's not very low, mm-hmm. but it's still. Hopefully, it's, it's going th- back to the norms that was you know, at the start of the year when it was like, one forty. Yeah, uh, not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, at the start of the in year. The, in the start, in the start of the year as yeah. well. I mean, if, uh, we all we all want that to happen as mm. well. But uh, compared to compared to one eighty, one ninety, and that's uh, you know in in Europe going up yeah. to two as well. Mm. Um, that's uh, that's that's quite alarming. That is, you know, that's how you know. Uh, inflation as well, and you know, on the streets, you can, uh, you know, you can measure inflation by, you know, by sweets as well. You know, yeah. sweets or you know, chocolate bars or whatever, whatever you used to buy. I remember back in the days, uh, you know, even you know those. I'm not sure what it's called. Is that is that froggy sort, uh, of, uh, sort of chocolate? Um, Freddo. Freddo, yeah, yeah. Freddo. So that used to be very. It I used to be like be 10, 15p. 10, 15p. But now it's like 65. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? That's how you can. That's how you know. That's how you can. Me- yeah, you can measure inflation. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, you know, it, it is there. But you know, all of these cutbacks are. I mean, wherever we do find cutbacks, hmm. um, you know, in, in the fuel, if we're finding cutbacks in the fuel, which is, uh, you know, every, you know, like we mentioned before as well, every little helps, and yeah. uh, it just, uh, you know, it just adds up. So it is a. So it is a good thing. Hmm. It is a good thing. Uh, but also we do see that um in 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 uh in, in food prices yeah uh, you know food prices are actually remaining the same mm. you know which is you know which is still quite difficult as well um before you know you could you could buy a lot of things for 100 pounds but now 
if you spend a hundred pounds, you will already been been able to sort of buy maybe a third or maybe half of the products that you will be able to buy uh, previously uh, for a hundred pounds as well. Yeah. So you can you know you can measure you can measure the inflation is definitely there as well. So that's one big thing, um, you know, in, in the news. Anything else which is uh, which is you know um, so your the attention? Twitter shareholders have approved a forty-four billion um, dollar deal. That Musk, uh, you know, initially he um, uh, agreed to, but mm. then you know the reason he backed out was uh, he said that Twitter uh, has a lot more bots than actual accounts, whereas Twitter says there's only five percent accounts. But now um, the what Twitter is tr- going to try and do, they will now try f- to force Elon Musk to buy the company in the courts. Hmm. <laughs> so forcing this forcing yeah. him to buy it yeah yeah because apparently he can't back out of the deal which uh you know to me doesn't really make any sense and even if they do somehow manage to get it done it will take um it will be like you know very long uphill and uh you know very hard battle that they mm. will have to fight for years mm. in order to get it done mm. but even then I, I don't think it's going to go through yeah, I mean, yeah. how can I, I'm not sure about the you know about the logistics, the logistics. unless yeah, unless he signed something or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. But if he just said, if he just said on Twitter, oh, I want to buy it, and yeah. this is my offer, <laughs> that's not like legally binding or anything. Yeah, I could say it. I, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> they can't force me, but like I I get it. But um, that's just you're just being a bit of a sore loser, then aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, we yeah. don't know about the the, the nitty gritty, the, the yeah. main sort of the details, but mm. still, but still, unless he's sort of signed something and is binded, yeah. is written that yeah, he will buy it, and then mm. he backs out. That's maybe something different. But if he just said it verbally, or you know, even on Twitter, um, that's not that's not you know that's not something to <laughs> you can't base a negotiation or base yeah. uh, the fact that you know you have to or force someone that mm. you know he has to buy as well. So that's. That's a bit of a sticky situation as well. Something inter- something else which is quite interesting as well, the Sky News actually reports that a review of Britain's anti-obesity strategy is underway. With reports, the the, the ban on, on, on sugary products and buy one, get one free deals may be reversed. Hmm. Now, the, the Sky News has learned that the health department has put together an internal summary looking at the options and uh, such a move would be likely to promote major concerns from uh, from health campaigners and will mark a key break with some of the priorities under Boris Johnson's government. They could also um, um, precipitate uh, a, a a clash with some MPs with the with the Tory party. And the Guardian, uh, which first reported the story, says that the government commissioned the the internal review, which is not tied to any specific department as a response to the economic uh, uh, woes facing the UK and country around the world as well. Um, so this is uh, quite interesting as well. Um, you know, so, you know, some people would uh, would argue that uh, you know we do need we do need these uh, these health checks in in place. Some kids, you know, they, mm. you know, when if if they're at school or outside, they can just buy anything. They can buy whatever sugary products that they want to. I mean, which is, you know, it's it's debatable. It's debatable. Yeah. But I remember when I was uh, 
uh, when I was in when I was in primary school, uh, mm. sorry, secondary school, um, in the in the cafeteria, in uh, in the mess, you could you could buy, you could buy fizzy drinks. Yeah. Um, you know, in the er- in in the early years, year seven, year eight, mm. uh, I think it was maybe year nine as well. Mm. Uh, you could buy, you know, you could buy your your normal soft drinks as well. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think something happened. I think it was Jamie Oliver. He mm. you know, he said maybe you know schools need to be more healthy and mm. sort of this and that. And then you couldn't buy those fizzy drinks again. It was like a five a day thing, right? Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The five and then day they, thing. They yeah. bought more like smoothies and like smoothies, milk drinks yeah. and stuff. The innocent or yeah. whatever, and juice. They, they mm. introduced more juices as well. Mm. Uh, and you couldn't buy. I mean, the the fizzy drinks, the soft drinks. They were taken off the shelves. Mm. And uh, you know, you <laughs> obviously you're young and you're you're a little bit annoyed uh, mm. back then as well. But um, you know, I agree to that to, to some extent. Um, but uh, still, yeah. Some sometimes sometimes you know it's. You know, you can't just you can't just make something more expensive hmm. and expect people to to you know to not buy it. You know, people are still gonna buy the sugary products. People yeah. are still gonna buy fizzy drinks. People are still gonna um, you know people are still going to eat junk food uh, because you know. Let's face it. Sometimes that is the most hmm. that is the easier option and yeah. that is the mo- more accessible option as well. Hmm. Sometimes people sort of I'm also gonna say they rely on rely on cheap food. Hmm. But because of you know because of the because of the inflation rates because of everything the house uh, the house bills the energy bills cost of living is going up one way to actually sort of give you a little bit of ease is to buy cheap food hmm. you know and yeah. cheap food is you know junk food yeah um, you know in McDonald's fine they are making it a little bit more expensive hmm. if you go to McDonald's if you want to buy a cheeseburger it was for ninety nine p or a pound. But now it's one pound after, something. After like twenty years or something, they yeah. raised the price, right? They, they increased the price. Mm. It's I'm not sure what it is now. I think it's one pound fifteen or twenty something like that. Yeah. But I mean, but if you think about it, think in, about in, it. In, in the like the bigger the bigger picture, the bigger picture that fifteen twenty p is gonna make them millions. That's the thing. But we, but I mean, that's the company, isn't it? That's yeah. the company. But still, uh, when it comes to the, the no, know, but the yeah, consumer, because because they have to. Because the price of everything's gone up, right? So they're they're yeah. doing it to match, to match their cost and their, their of, of production yeah, exactly. and everything, yeah. isn't it? No. So yeah, I mean, obviously it's understandable. Obviously it's understandable, uh, but still, from a from mm. a consumer perspective, mm. uh, it, it is uh, you know it is difficult as well. Where minimum wages are sort of the same, yeah, yeah, or increasing by very very slightly, mm. but then the cost of living also are, are drastically improve, uh, increasing. Yeah, I mean, you know, even energy bills mm. um, going up hundreds of pounds, thousands mm. of pounds yeah. w- within weeks. I mean, um, put, you know, like they're putting difficult. a cap on it now yeah. for uh, twenty five hundred. Yeah, for the next three years, I believe. Mm. But you know, the, the, a cap was put in in. Uh, all the EU countries, a cap was put on it months ago, hmm. uh, and I believe that's that. I might be wrong, but it's it's less. It's less than twenty five hundred pounds. Hmm. And um, the thing is, even that is a big sum. Yeah, that is a big sum. It is. It is. And it's the thing is, it's not just that, is it? Hmm. It's everything. So hmm. if you have a car, you have to pay. You have to pay insurance. Hmm. Uh, and you know, some you know the insurance policy here in the UK. It's a you know it's it's questionable. Yeah. It's questionable. If you look at Europe or if you look you know, at Germany any other, other country country, in the world, it's so. It's, you it's just different. insure the car and anyone can drive it. Yeah. Right. Here, 
like the person you have to ensure the person you have to ensure the person on that specific yeah, car yeah <laughs> it's just yeah. it's such a like a it's a, it's a hassle hmm. it's a hassle I, I, I'd, I'd say it's a money making scheme I mean I'd yeah. say I, I, I'd probably say the same as well mm. um, yeah I mean sometimes yeah, sometimes you you get the insurance mm. even if it's say you know say if you buy say if you buy a big product right mm. if you buy a washing yeah. machine or fridge or whatever it may mm. be and you, or you buy a TV Mm. You pay, you get insurance for like two for you know two three years or yeah, whatever, yeah. but sometimes it's it's as if you know something happens to it and they take so long mm. in you know coming trying to repair it giving you a new one, mm. or it just takes so long and it's it's just a hassle. Sometimes you're just like you know what forget it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it. Yeah. But even insurance, you know, how many times do do people actually? I mean, fine mm. if something happens, then yeah, mm. fine you can be covered. But you, that doesn't necessarily mean you're covered all the way through. Yeah. You know, so it's a uh, it's a bit of a questionable uh, questionable thing as well. Hmm. Um, the, uh, we're going to be taking a, a, a very short break, and uh, swiftly after after that, we're going to be coming into our first segment, which is about the International Day for the Preservation of the Ozone Layer. Very very important. Make sure you don't miss it. We'll be back after a short break. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Persecuted for your beliefs, jailed for your faith, and exiled from your homeland, but you refuse to turn to bitterness or vengeance. Instead, His Holiness has emerged as a leader of wisdom and compassion, a champion of nonviolence among nations. No society can truly succeed unless it guarantees the rights of all of its peoples, including religious minorities. Whether they're Ahmadiyya, Muslims in Pakistan, or Baha'i in Iran, or Coptic Christians in Egypt. I would like very much to confirm my support for the work that His Holiness and the Ahmadi Muslim community are doing, particularly in London. Even I didn't know when I was elected then my name even will be proposed. The election is the same as the Pope is elected, but without smoke. I know you are a regular uh, visitor and speaker to parliaments and assemblies around the world, whether it's the U.S. Congress or the, or the European Parliament. Let it be clear that I am not speaking in support or favor of any particular individual country. What I wish to say is that all forms of cruelty, wherever they exist, must be eradicated and stopped, regardless of whether they are perpetrated by the people of Palestine, the people of Israel, or the people of any other country. This we are allied with His Holiness, a courageous champion of religious freedom and of peace. I'm very glad that a movement like yours will do something to correct this image. Islam means peace. I should thank Your Holiness for your highly enlightened sermon, not only uh, for 
the Ahmadis, but I would say for all mankind. Love for all and hatred for none. And this message not only for Muslims, but for everybody. You are a man, though of humble beginnings, your leadership has made you a figure of global prominence. And you have become a guide for millions of Muslims worldwide. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the Voice of Islam. You're listening to the Voice of Islam radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam radio. And you know, it's, it's very important, uh, this topic that, we, that we're speaking about, the, the, the International Day for the preservation of the of the ozone layer where a lot of you know sometimes we don't we don't think about it, even though it's in the news even though it's uh, you know it's it's commonly known um that we need to protect the we need to protect the environment the ozone layer um but still but still every year the international day for the preservation of the ozone layer is celebrated on the on the 16th of September and the ozone layer as i mentioned very important part of Earth's atmosphere that is uh, responsible for keeping out potentially potentially harmful uh, ultraviolet radiation. So, as, as I mentioned, sometimes we don't even realize it, but uh, it is something which is uh, very very much important. Something that we cannot take uh, lightly in the in the least. You know, I'm delighted to say that we do have online with us our first guest of the morning, Stephanie Haysmith. Stephanie Haysmith joined the Ozone uh, Secretariat as Communications and Information Officer in June 2019. She has an extensive experience working in advertising, marketing and communications in both the uh, private and public sector, developing communication and awareness raising materials and campaigns prior to joining the United Nations. Good morning, welcome, peace be upon you and welcome to The Breakfast Show. Thank you very much and thank you for inviting me to speak this morning. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure uh, of having you on. Um, Just to begin with, could you tell us what is the ozone layer and why it is so important to for its pres- uh, preservation? Yes, indeed, and it's actually a very important question. Um, while some people may have heard of the ozone layer, most don't know what it does yeah. and perhaps it is so important. Um, just to explain briefly, the ozone layer is a thin layer high up in the uh, stratosphere hmm. made up of ozone molecules. And it acts like a protective shield, filtering out almost all of the sun's ultraviolet radiation. They literally bounce off the ozone layer back into space. Now, a little still gets through, and that's why we use sunscreen, for example, when we're out in the sun and exposed to these ultraviolet um, or UV rays. Hmm. Now, the ozone layer is therefore really important because it acts like the Earth's sunscreen as well, which is critical. Why? Because we are exposed, if we're exposed to too much UV radiation, that would be harmful to our well health. 
Yeah. We'd get sunburns much more quickly and cases of skin cancer and eye cataracts, for example, would increase as a result. It's already been calculated that because we have the ozone layer, millions of cases of skin cancer and cataracts have already um, been avoided. Hmm. Now, the ozone layer is also crucial in protecting plants and animals. <clears throat> in fact, it protects all life on Earth. So protecting the ozone layer is incredibly important because without it, all living things, including actually building materials as well, yeah. will be overexposed to harmful UV radiation. Um, animals and plants would suffer. Too much radiation would have an impact on plants' ability to photosynthesize. Yeah. That would potentially affect um, crop yields, for example. They could be dramatically reduced. Um, life underwater would also be affected um, mm. because increased UV radiation due to uncontrolled ozone depletion would potentially threaten aquatic organisms that fish feed on. And so fish are a vital source of food around yeah. the world. So just, you know, citing these few examples just helps to illustrate why it is so important that we protect it. Mm. And why is the ozone layer deteriorating? Because of us, actually, um, put it in its simplest form. Yeah. Um, as early as the 1970s, uh, scientists suspected that a man-made chemical, chlorofluorocarbons, or CFCs as it's more commonly referred to, hmm. that is widely used in everyday appliances such as fridges and air conditioners, and is also found in aerosols and foams, yeah. might be harmful to the ozone layer. Um, professors Maria Molina, Sherwood Rowland, and Paul Cripton, who would, went on to win the Nobel Prize for Chemistry for their research, hypothesized back in the 70s that these CFCs are reacting in the stratosphere and breaking down the ozone layer. Hmm. But nobody knew exactly to what extent. And it wasn't until the mid-80s when scientists with the British Antarctic Expedition, led by Joe Farman, discovered a level of ozone deterioration of such magnitude that it had created a hole over the Antarctic. Yeah. That information, you know, that combined with additional evidence that also pinpointed to the chlorine which is released when CFCs break down in the stratosphere, that this was also reacting with ozone and breaking it down. Hmm. And that, in a sense, then created the smoking gun. So based on the fact that the science by that stage was irrefutable, the very chemicals we were using to make fridges and air conditioners and spray cans safe for humans yeah. to use was actually destroying the, so the, the ozone layer. So that was obviously devastating news. The protective ozone layer that makes life on Earth possible was being destroyed rapidly yeah. by these ozone-depleting chemicals in these items that we were using on a massive scale. Hmm daily. So the science was very clear. The world would need to react quickly, otherwise things would get very bad hmm. very quickly. And luckily we did react quickly, realizing that the ozone layer is such an important um, tool or such an important element to sort of life on Earth. World leaders, government, scientists, environmentalists, policymakers, and even industry came together in 1987 to adopt the Montreal Protocol. Yeah. Um, could you elaborate on what the UN Environment Programme is? Yes, sure. So that sort of it lies in conjunction with the Montreal Protocol. 
for the United Nations Environment Programme was founded in 1972 after growing concerns at um, sort of the environmental damage uh, we humans were causing through our actions and lifestyles. UNEP helped convene meetings between you know, interested governments and policymakers and again scientists and in the industry to try and find solutions to some of these emerging environmental problems. One of these solutions was the Montreal Protocol, which I referred to mm. earlier. It formed the Montreal Protocol on substances that deplete the ozone layer. And this was formally adopted on 16th of September 1987, yeah. which is why you mentioned earlier World Ozone Day is celebrated and commemorated on the 16th of September every year because that's the day that it was adopted 35 years ago this year. Hmm. Um, parties or countries, we refer to them as parties, that signed up to this Montreal Protocol agreed to phase out the production and consumption of these harmful CFCs that were destroying the ozone layer. Now, to help implement and adhere to the Montreal Protocol, the parties are supported by three scientific assessment panels. These panels review and analyze um, scientific articles, uh, research that's conducted globally, and also data collected globally on everything connected to the ozone layer. Yeah. These panels periodically report to the parties so that they have um, up-to-date information on which they can then make and base informed policy decisions. Yeah. So the three different assessment panels comprise of the scientific assessment panel. Um, this one assesses what's going on in the atmosphere and how that is affecting the state and well-being of the ozone layer. The other is the environmental effects assessment panel, which does exactly that. It looks at the effects of UV radiation and what the effect is on, on the planet. Hmm. And the third one, the Technology and Economic Assessment Panel, looks at alternative technologies that are being developed to help protect the ozone layer. So then to help the parties, the Ozone Secretariat of the United Nations Environment Programme was then also established. Yeah. So the Secretariat is sort of the administrative office of the Montreal Protocol, and we organize conferences and meetings, manage the implementation of the decisions made at these meetings, provide stakeholders with data and information, and also um, help provide information to government organizations and also individuals hmm. um, on how they can protect the ozone layer. Um, and what can we as individuals do to personally prevent further deterioration to the ozone layer? Um, I think what few people realize is that protecting and healing the ozone layer is, is a long-term project. Yeah. The general assumption is still that because the Montreal Protocol is in place, the problem or the hole has been fixed. That's, that's really not the case. We have deteriorated ozone levels to such an extent that even if the parties adhere to the Montreal Protocol, yeah. it will still be decades for the ozone layer to get back to the same approximate sort of pre-1980 level. Um, I mean, at the moment, estimates are around the 2060s. So that's still a long way away. There's still a lot of work yeah. to be done. 
And while ozone-depleting substances have been planned under the protocol, the CFCs that were previously released are long-living gases and are still present in the stratosphere. Hmm. And that's why the atmosphere is being constantly monitored to check that these levels of these different ozone-destroying gases remain either level or better still, are reducing. So it's imperative that countries continue to adhere to the Montreal Protocol. I think education and awareness raising is also important, an important factor in ozone layer protection. Hmm. We need to teach children about the importance of the ozone layer, that they too learn about it and why it's important and can carry on protecting it. To that end, we've actually created tools such as an animation series called Reset Earth that follows three intrepid teenagers on their quest to learn about the ozone layer and to save it. And we've also developed a game app and other tools for educators to use in the classroom, such as teaching guidelines and student workbooks hmm. to, again, help bring the, the ozone layer into the classroom and yeah. you know, awareness around it. Because one of the challenges in, in the future of ozone layer protection is the potential of, and the potential impact of global warming. Hmm. We don't yet fully understand or know how an increasingly warmer atmosphere will affect all of these chemical reactions that take place in the upper stratosphere and how this might impact ozone. So a way of helping is by listeners becoming more environmentally aware. For example, because the FCs are banned, the alternative that was introduced for hydrofluorocarbon CFCs are not ozone-destroying, but they are potent greenhouse gases that contribute greatly to global warming. Hmm. So, for example, a way to help is opting for a fridge or installing air conditioners especially in countries with high ambient temperatures that rely on the, you know, rely on the technology a lot, yeah. that use more sustainable and alternative cooling technology that doesn't rely on HFCs. And that would be a really good way to support both ozone layer and environmental protection. Hmm. And, and I think we can help in, in, in so many other ways. I mean, on World Ozone Day, which we're going to celebrate on Friday, we are going to mark 35 years of ozone layer protection. And it would be great if your listeners, as part of sort of you know this commemorative day, to yeah. visit our website, the Ozone Secretariat website, which you can find at ozone.unet.org, is a great website and has lots of interesting information on the ozone layer and how we can all help. Hmm. That's where you can also find the recent Earth videos that listeners can watch with their children, nieces, nephews, and even grandchildren. Yeah. As far as we're concerned, you're never too young or too old to learn the value of protecting the ozone layer and the environment. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us this morning and you know shedding a great light upon this topic. And would love to have you again on another time. For now, have a good morning and take care. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope this was helpful. Thank you. It was was very helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye for now. So that was uh, Stephanie Haysmith. Uh, You know, uh, she imparted us with uh, great knowledge that we can also, you know, um, we should, you know, start from, you know, you should start from the Mm. low level, educating our children uh, about the ozone layer and uh, why it's so important to preserve it. Yeah, I mean, education, education, education is, is key. key. Education, literally, yeah. I was literally about to say that education mm-hmm. is key. And it's something which, uh, you know, as we were, as you were mentioning as before as well, that mm-hmm. we shouldn't take it lightly. 
Definitely. sometimes we don't even know we're doing something i mean uh, you know turning the ac on mm. um in you know i, I didn't know that was yeah. you know that was uh, that harmful for the environment as mm. well so you know maybe when we you know when we're in the car or in the mm. office or whatever and you don't really need to turn the mm. ac on you just want to turn it on just yeah just take off your jacket yeah. isn't it mm. uh, so you know it's, uh, it's it's these little little things which make a big difference um, we've got we've got an audio clip um, of uh, of His Holiness that we want to uh, play for for our listeners as well. Uh, uh, His Holiness is the fifth Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the current head of the uh, of, of the worldwide uh, Ahmadiyya Muslim community, and the fifth Caliph of the Promised Messiah upon whom be peace. Let's listen to that right now. And uh, now there is a crack in the ozone layer. Uh, people are worried about that, and these uh, weather changes climatic changes which are taking place but uh, on the spiritual side as well uh, it means that uh, it is the advent of the promised messiah the news of his advent is mentioned in therein because in uh, it uh, when the uh, stars they lose their light uh, and the ulama they are without any uh, light so when the darkness spreads everywhere then Allah Almighty through his chosen servant uh, Allah Almighty gives the light and spreads the light and after receiving that light, uh, there is a community established through the chosen person of God. Then the revelations and uh, the true dreams, uh, they come in uh, to be experienced uh, to the prophets and to some of his followers. Allah Almighty says that don't think that when with the advent of our chosen, our chosen one, then when there is a spiritual dispensation will begin, then the people will stand in the way. That system will start. Allah Almighty says that these ulama will not be able to stop that. Their survival lies in the fact that they should accept this uh, spiritual dispensation. And uh, the ulama and those who are following uh, them, they have got no significance, no uh, importance is there. Allah Almighty says that these big mountains, those who consider themselves to be as big as mountains and strong as like that, and even the governments, they consider themselves to be strong like mountains. But if they stand in against these chosen people of God, they are going to be shattered into pieces. Allah Almighty says, And when the mountains are blown away, they are uprooted. Nobody should think that my roots are very deep in the people, or uh, I have got uh, the, I have the backing of this uh, uh, Arab countries, uh, who are the defender of religion, or we have got the backup of uh, such powerful states and governments. When the chosen people of God Almighty and their community, anybody is going to stand against them, then the support of the hum uh, public will be of any avail, nor the wealth will be of any benefit, uh, nor the tribes will be of any help. These people in their own thinking, they, they consider themselves to be very firmly rooted like the mountains. Everything will be blown into pieces. But those people who are in this illusion, they are going to be spread and shattered. And this is in the power of Allah Almighty. And we, by the grace of Allah in the history of the Jamaat, we have actually seen such mountains being reduced into rubbles and to shattered. And in this, Allah Almighty says, Why is a Rasul And when the messengers are made to appear at the appointed time. So this is also the, the prophecy of the advent of the Imam Mahdi and uh, Messiah. And there will be somebody there who would be representing all the religions regarding the prophecy regarding the advent of whom has been given by all the previous prophets. It's a very interesting uh, audio clip that we just listened to. Join us after the break. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Allah. 
You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. And you know when we when we when we um, when we talk about uh, when we talk about the Queen, Her mm. Majesty the Queen uh, Elizabeth the the Second. Yeah. And how much um, because of a seventy because of a seventy uh, seventy year rule, mm. um, she has done you know so much um, for for the nation. Yeah, uh, not just for the nation, for the Commonwealth mm. uh, as well. Um, no, no monarch in history has ever celebrated, you know, their platinum jubilee, mm. aside from her, the I longest mean, reigning monarch as well. Yeah, I mean that's you know, it goes to show. I mean, mm. she did, she did, uh, you know, live her life to you know to to a very to to a to a you know full extent, full extent. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, that she has uh, achieved uh, quite mm. a lot. Of course, you know it will be it will be a sort of a sad occasion, um, you know, w- you know, uh, mm. during her f- uh, funeral on Monday, yeah, uh, the nineteenth of September. Um, but still, we, you know, of co- of course, everyone has to everyone has to part away from uh, from mm. the world, and you know, one of the ways in which we can actually do service to her is to remember all of the good things that she did, yeah, all the you know the new and good things that she introduced, mm. and uh, the positive. Um, things uh, as well. One of the main things, um, you know, which something which uh, His Holiness also, you know, the worldwide head of yeah. the Ahmadi Muslim community, may Allah be his helper, he also um, mentioned this one as well that during her reign, she allowed, you know, freedom of uh, freedom of religion, hmm. and a lot of people who were being uh, perse- uh, persecuted. Um, in their sort of, you know, in their homeland or in various other places in the world, yeah. wherever her rule was or wherever the British government was, um, she allowed she allowed uh, open, you know, you know, people to actually openly express their religion. Mm. Freedom of religion was uh, was very was very very you know it is very much important, mm. and she allowed that to happen in her rule as well. And uh, this is you know this is a very very big thing. A lot of countries claim that yes we we do promote freedom of religion yeah. but on the other hand they you know they they don't practice they it. don't practice mm. it. they 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 try to suppress mm. uh, other people as well yeah. um, especially people of uh, of minority so we do have uh, you know we do have mixed emotions as well of course mm. we are sad and uh, we you know we we uh, you know our, our thoughts, our prayers, are mm. of course, with the you know with the government, yeah. also with the with the you know with the with the monarch, with, with the royal family, with the royal family, of course. With Long the, live with the king! Yeah, of, of course, course, Charles uh, Charles the mm. Third. Uh, but uh, also, on the other hand, it's uh, you know all the good things that she's done. Yeah. Uh, you know, we must uh, remember all of them uh, them good things as well. Um, we do have some tributes from you know our Wednesday breakfast show team. That I'd like to you know quickly touch upon. So mm. um, Safia Nasser says that it is with great fondness that we remember Queen Elizabeth II. She dutifully dedicated her life to public service and put the people she served before herself. She was a great champion of peace, unity and reconciliation. During her 70-year-long reign, she continued to serve with the utmost grace and humility. Even in her last days, she made great efforts to carry out her duties as monarch. She will forever be revered as one of the best loved monarchs of the modern period. 
We will fondly remember the Queen in our hearts and we pray that may Allah the Almighty grant her family steadfastness and forbearance during this time of great sadness. Nabir Khan uh, says, We are deeply saddened by the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She was truly remar- uh, a remarkable woman and an inspiration to so many people throughout her 70-year-long reign. Our thoughts and condolences are with the royal family at this difficult time. The Queen's loss will be greatly felt. Uh, Ramin Masood says, The demise of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II is truly a sombre and melancholic occasion. Personally, I draw great inspiration from the Queen's kind and sublime demeanour. Her passion for service and loyalty are indeed her irreplaceable legacy. Indeed, she was the epitome of phenomenal service to the world through her various duties towards the nation and the Commonwealth countries. As the mother of the nation, she was scintillating. She was the scintillating light that guided, inspired and empowered many lives. We send our deepest sympathy to all members of the royal family. The passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II is a loss recognised by the whole nation. Mm. As the longest reigning monarch in history, Her Majesty carried out her duties with grace and kindness. For me, the caring passion for giving back to the community was incredible. Even in the most trying times, she was once stopped. Uh, she never once stopped guiding and inspiring the country and the world. Our thoughts and prayers are with the royal family at this time. May Allah grant them strength in this great period of sorrow. This was by Maria Sheikh and Namud uh, Sahar says, Her Majesty the Queen was a great leader, one who touched people across the globe and served the country with passion and elegance. Our sincere condolences are with the royal family and we hope that her family is granted steadfastness and patience in this difficult time. And, you know, we all have the same heartfelt sentiments also here at the studio. And I believe majority of the country feels the same. Yeah. As uh, as we mentioned before as well, that the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is holding uh, various remembrance events uh, in memory of, uh, uh, of Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth the second and these events are being held in various uh, various different mosques up and down up and down the country so uh for for today there's a, there's a queen remembrance program being held uh, here at the Bethlehem mosque uh which is the largest mosque in in western europe uh but it, you know it's situated in south uh, in south london on the northern line is the, it's the last stop uh on the, in in the south modern uh, just get off, and uh, you know it's literally a two-minute walk. Um, the the event will 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 start at uh, five or quarter past five, and uh, p.m. And everyone everyone is invited. All the neighbours, you know, you can bring your colleagues, you can bring uh, local MPs, faith leaders. Um, so it's it's an open door open door event. Anyone anyone can actually come, and uh, it's done for the for the you know for the remembrance of the uh, of a queen and all the various things which she. Which she did as well. So uh, if you if you want to join us, it won't be a long event, just an hour or so. Uh, so it will be a very remarkable uh, event as well. And as I mentioned, it's not just here in uh, in the Bethstu Mosque; it's in o- other mosques as well. Um, you know, up and down the country in the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, uh, our mosques. So do do come and uh, and join us uh, for for this program as well. Uh, we've got. Uh, his, uh, we've got an, uh, another audio clip which we want to which we want to play for our listeners as well. It's 
His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. And during the during the the youth uh, gathering, which happened on the on the weekend, the annual youth gathering, the Majlis Khudam Al Ahmadiyya Ijtema, uh, the His Holiness delivered the concluding and the keynote address on uh, on Sunday. And uh, in the beginning of his address, he paid tribute to Her Majesty the Queen, uh, Queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth the the second. And uh, you know, let's listen. Let's listen to to that right now. Originally, Majlis had included a full sports programs in the Ijtima program. However, upon the sad demise of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, I instructed Sadr Sahib that the sports and games be scaled back as a mark of respect. I deemed it essential because the Queen was our long-serving head of state, and she led the nation with great dignity and justice for over 70 years. During her reign, the United Kingdom remained a beacon of religious freedom in the world. Indeed, the Queen herself advocated for true religious freedom and interfaith harmony on many occasions. Thus, we are grateful to have lived under such a gracious monarch. As Ahmadi Muslims, we should be particularly appreciative of the fact that we were given the opportunity to establish our Jamaat's international headquarters after the migration of Hazrat Masih IV in the United Kingdom during the reign of Queen Elizabeth and have been able to practice and propagate our religion, Islam, freely. In this regard, we will always be grateful to Queen Elizabeth, the British government and this nation. Furthermore, we pray that our new head of state, King Charles III, continues to ensure that religious freedom and justice for all people remains a hallmark of this nation and that the rights of the people are always fulfilled. Of course, that was His Holiness. Uh, just a snippet from his, uh, from his uh, address, the concluding address at the, uh, the National Youth Organization's uh, gathering. Um, that was His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. He is the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah, upon whom be peace uh, as well. As mentioned, uh, our thoughts and prayers are, of course, and sentiments are, of course, with the, with the, with, you know, with the, with the royal family, uh, the friends, the family members, of course, the nation as well. Um, but also, we welcome, we welcome the new king, uh, King Charles the Third. And, uh, you know, we hope and pray that uh, his rule will be very, you know, very beneficial, very benevolent uh, towards, uh, you know, towards the towards the general public, towards uh, the nation, towards the Commonwealth and, of course, to, to, to the whole world as well at large. As we know that, you know, world leaders have a ma- have a major part to play in, uh, you know, in, you know, when it comes to when it comes to the when it comes to the peace of the world as well.
something which I you know very quickly just want to mention as well is that you know we see we see uh, happening uh, in the you know when the, you know when the funeral is going around hmm. you do see some some odd people um, saying some abusive things or some bad things uh, which are against which are you know which, which are against the monarch as well yeah and sometimes it, you know it is sad it is sad to to see these things as well um, of course you know people have different emotions as well people have different i mean of course people have their own right to 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 express their feelings hmm. of course and that is there um but so, sometimes it's is as if it is hurting people's uh, sentiments more um by you know by by proclaiming you know bad or foul things as well um you know something which is uh, quite contradictory as well and uh um you know a topic which is quite uh, quite controversial yeah is that f- you know everyone has uh, a right to their right to their opinion hmm. and everyone has a right to express their opinion as well of course that expression of opinion needs to be needs to be in a you know in a peaceful in a in a, in a very peaceful and a dignified way yeah. as well so you know proclaiming these things or foul things against the against the monarch or against anyone else or against the government or whatever Hmm. Um of course they they may be sentimental they may be emotional but still uh, there is a proper way to do that proper channel to to do that as well yeah um but you know you see you see people getting uh, people getting arrested people getting charged one per, you know a lot of there's a lot of arrests happened uh, you know in Scotland for this as well one man was charged because uh, he said not my king talking hmm. about you know uh, you know king charles the 3rd not my king and uh you know people getting charged for that people getting arrested for that and but you know you, you do see on one side the western the western nations and this is just I'm just talking about in general the mm. western nations they they they're very quick to to point fingers at the you know the you know the eastern countries and say that they are uh you know they it's a dictatorship which happens over there and the ruler is is just a ruler and uh, he is uh, you know he is uh, he is the ruler of the of the country of the state and no one yeah is allowed to say anything otherwise they will have to face the consequences mm. right they're not allowed to say anything they're not allowed to question anything they're not allowed to um you know anything negative against the even if it's a small thing yeah. against the against uh, against the the you know against the government but but you see this sort of the same thing is happening uh, over here as well hmm. so people some people who are raising their their concerns or raising their emotions hmm. um you know fine maybe sometimes it might not be in the best way but still everyone still has a right to their opinion but still you know saying something against the monarch and uh, getting charged for it even though it may not be um you know hmm. it may not even be that offensive so you know it's uh, it's a sort of a uh, you know one on one side they're saying one thing on the other side the the actions are completely completely the opposite so it is you know the thing is is that islam islam is a very comprehensive religion yeah it's actually it's you know it's it's a way of life it's a it's a way to live your life it's a code of conduct and it tells us that whatever rights that you owe you mm. need to give those rights you need to fulfill those rights whether it's the the rights of uh, of god almighty or whether it's the rights of uh, of mankind hmm. and talking about the rights of mankind 
if you are in power, if anyone is in power, whether they're the king or the queen, or whether they're the prime minister, whether they're in charge of a of a firm of a company, mm. or you know, even if you're um, in charge, you know, in the in the office or whatever it may be, if you are in authority, whatever, however high or low that rank of authority may be, you have people who are under you. Yeah, and if you discharge your duties to to the best. Uh, pos- in a best possible way, in the best possible manner, being just, practicing, you know, practicing uh, justice, then you know, th- then you know, then the society will actually prosper, hmm. and then the society will actually succeed. But if you are not just, if you are unjust, if you say one thing and you do the other thing, you you know, sometimes it's it's as if do as I do as I say, yeah. don't do as I do, sort of policy and. Sometimes we see this, uh, you know, this happening as well. That a lot of the leaders they say, "Do as I say, but don't do as I do," because what they're doing is completely the opposite to what they actually say. They don't practice mm-hmm. what they preach, and we've seen that happen many a time, uh, you know, with you know with, with leaders as well. I'm not going to name any names, but everybody knows. So it's 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 this lack of uh, of justice which is being portrayed sometimes in uh, you know in, you know in authoritative. Um, measures or in authoritative seats. So if there was justice, if there mm. was, you know, the rights that we owe, if those rights were being fulfilled, and so, and His Holiness even mentioned this as well. I mean, we just played a little short, uh, short audio clip from His Holiness's concluding address from the from the youth organize the annual convention of the annual gathering of the youth or youth organization in the Ahmadiyya uh, community here in the UK. Mm. But his whole speech. Was actually dedicated to the rights that we owe, the 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 covenants that we have made, the promises that we have made with God, the 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 things which which we are dutiful of to actually perform. Those things uh, His Holiness spoke about and at, at great length that how we supposed to fulfill those uh, you know discharge our duties, fulfill the rights that we owe as well. Yeah. If anyone is interested, they can listen to that uh, you know the full. Uh, the full speech as well, which should be, uh, which should be on YouTube. Um, you can just try uh, type MKA Ijtema, um, and that will actually come up. But you know, this is something which is very basic in the in the Islamic faith, fulfilling the voice of God and the promised Messiah upon whom be peace. The founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has also spoken about this that we need to fulfill the rights of God. We need to fulfill the rights of mankind, and only then. Will the world actually prosper? Only then will we actually succeed, and only then, once this has been achieved, once justice is there, then true peace can also be established as well. So that's uh, very, very important that we, you know, that we talk about this uh, uh, as well. After a very short break, we're going to be coming back and uh, speaking about uh, going into our final segment. For uh, for this morning's show, and that is uh, about uh, you know about how people may actually struggle uh, to cope with the to cope with the winter, um, as and you know you know the energy prices are are increasing and inflation is on the rise is is on the rise as well. So, um, what can we do to you know in regards to in regards to this? Join us after the break.
You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Writings of the Promised Messiah, alayhi salam. When a hot-tempered person is provoked and punishes a child, he takes on the role of an enemy in the stress of his anger and imposes punishment far in excess of the wrong which has been done. An individual with self-respect and control over himself, who is also forbearing and dignified, has the right to correct a child to a certain extent as the occasion demands or seek to guide the child. But a wrathful and hot-headed person who is easily provoked is not fit to be a guardian of children. I wish that instead of punishing children, parents would have recourse to prayer and should make it a habit to supplicate earnestly for their children, for the supplications of parents on behalf of their children meet with special acceptance. The Promised Messiah, peace be on him, founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in Islam, states, It is proper for you to have sympathy for others and to purify yourselves so that thereby you may share, to a degree, the qualities of the Holy Spirit. Remember that without the Holy Spirit, true righteousness cannot be attained. Discard altogether the base animal desires in you and follow the path to the pleasure of Allah, be it the narrowest and most difficult of all. Do not be enamored of worldly pleasures because they lead you away from God. That suffering which pleases God is better than that pleasure which displeases Him. That defeat which pleases God is better than the victory which earns His displeasure. Abandon that love which draws you nigh to the wrath of Allah. If you come to Him with a pure heart, He will help you in every way and no enemy will be able to harm you. Persecuted for your beliefs, jailed for your faith, and exiled from your homeland, but you refuse to turn to bitterness or vengeance. Instead, His Holiness has emerged as a leader of wisdom and compassion, a champion of nonviolence among nations. No society can truly succeed unless it guarantees the rights of all of its peoples, including religious minorities. Whether they're Ahmadiyya, Muslims in Pakistan, or Baha'i in Iran, or Coptic Christians in Egypt. I would like very much to confirm my support for the work that His Holiness and the Ahmadi Muslim community are doing, particularly in London. Even I didn't know when I was elected, then my name even will be proposed. The election is the same as the Pope is elected, but without smoke. I know you are a regular uh, visitor and speaker to parliaments and assemblies around the world, whether it's the US Congress or the, or the European Parliament. Let it be clear that I am not speaking in support or favor of any particular individual country. What I wish to say is that all forms of cruelty, wherever they exist, must be eradicated and stopped, regardless of whether they are perpetrated by the people of Palestine, the people of Israel, or the people of any other country. In this we are allied with His Holiness, a courageous champion 
of religious freedom and of peace. I'm very glad that the movement like yours will do something to correct this image. Islam means peace. I should thank Your Holiness for your highly enlightened sermon, not only uh, for the Ahmadis, but I would say for all mankind. Love for all and hatred for none. And this message not only for Muslims, but for everybody. You are a man, though of humble beginnings, your leadership has made you a figure of global prominence and you have become a guide for millions of Muslims worldwide. to the Voice of Islam Radio. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB via the internet 24 hours a day. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the breakfast show here on The Voice of Islam Radio. Um, in this part of the show, we are speaking about uh, speaking about the energy bills and how the, the cost of living is going up. A study by the University of York shows that an, an estimated 45 million could experience fuel poverty this winter. And this means that two-thirds of the UK families will struggle to pay their energy bills. But how will this affect children who are living in poverty? Well, of course, because if the whole family is suffering, mm. the, the children you know, the children will be suffering as well. Yeah. We know that the cost of living, uh, you know, the cost of living is going up. Mm. But what is, the, what is the UK cost of living crisis? I mean... The, the living crisis uh, describes the fall in real terms of disposable income for families due to high inflation, exceeding any increase in wages for benefits, which have uh, you know which has been further intensified by tax increases. And we, hmm. we need we know that the energy bills are going up, inflation is going up, the the cost of living is going up, but the 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 um, the minimum wage yeah. is still is still the same, hmm. or maybe it's uh, they've increased it by by by, by a few pennies by a few pennies. Hmm. Yeah, expecting that to make a a big difference. Hmm. 
one good i mean one good thing um which the you know which the government did as well is during covid period mm. they did they did give more um you know benefits as all those people who were on benefits they did yeah. give more uh, universal tax credit as well uh, but now you know of course you know but it, you, it's you know um sorry to just cut you off there I've, yeah. i've heard that now that you know um not even i've heard i know mm. that anyone for example earning under uh 600 and like 70 80 odd quid they can't get universal tax credit because they're not earning enough because mm. you know um mm. a yeah. lot of, a lot of uh, people complained that you know people who are earning like less are essentially you know better off than people who are earning who are working longer but they're not earning enough you know but, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense at all at all if someone's like Barely, if someone's earning 300 quid, they're not going to get anything. If someone's yeah. earning 600 quid, they're not going to get anything. Mm. They have to earn more than that. So if someone could be earning like 1,500 a month, mm. and they would, they could still get it. Yeah. How does that make sense? How, how does that make sense? How does that make sense? And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you see, you know, rich people mm. uh, complaining, complaining about, uh, complaining about the cost of living. Yeah. So when, yeah, come on, you're, you're a landlord, mm. you've got so many houses, mm. you, What what, what 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 are you talking what, about? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Literally, mm. I mean, put yourself into the uh, you know uh, into their perspective. Yeah, you know, people who your tenants. Mm. You know, and then look look at the way that they're living their lives. Barely, barely, you know, being able to put food on the table. Yeah, one, two, sometimes even three people in the household are are working, but mm. still is difficult. It still is difficult to you know to, to make ends meet. Yeah. So it is it is a difficult it is a difficult situation. Yeah. Um so I'm delighted to say we do have online with us our uh, guest for us this morning uh, in regards to this topic Alison Walsh who is the commercial director at Fairshare with responsibility for fundraising, marketing, communications and volunteering with 25 years experience in the food and retail sector. Alison possesses a wealth of industry and consumer knowledge having previously worked on product development launches and communication campaigns both in the UK and internationally for Sainsbury's, Kingfisher and Fortnum and Mason. Good morning, peace be upon you and welcome to the breakfast show Alison. Good morning and thank you very much for inviting me on. It's an absolute pleasure of having you on. Uh just to begin with could you briefly outline your role as a commercial director for your organization Fairshare? Yes, of course. And and as you sort of outlined, I cover everything that is communication because yeah. the more that we can tell people what Fairshare does and help them understand how to get involved the better. Mm. I also oversee fundraising, but volunteering is a key part of what our organization does. We've yeah. got 31 warehouses across the UK mm. and no food leaves our warehouse or gets delivered into a charity without the help of amazing volunteers. So for me that's a really crucial part of what we do. No, yep, amazing work. And what are your main goals as an organization and how do you promote these values? Well, Fresh has been going for about 27 years and our main goals are to fight hunger in the UK but also to reduce food waste. As I think part of your previous conversation was highlighting, you know, there are about 10 million people in the UK currently that are experiencing food insecurity. Yeah. That means they're skipping meals, they're struggling to get enough to eat. And all of this is happening at the same time that there is 2 million tons of good to eat food that's being wasted across the food industry. Mm. Um and this happens every year. It's it's perfectly in date, it's safe, it's good to eat, it's just never made it to the shops for all sorts of reasons like 
the weather changes and people are calling off different amounts of food. There are um, errors on the packaging. Um, the, the range might be changed within a retailer and so orders get cancelled. So all of this food together every year could create the equivalent of four billion meals. Hmm. And for us as an organization, it makes no sense at all that there is such need on one side and yet such availability of good food on the other. So we come together in the middle to connect those two situations. And we've got a network of nine and a half thousand charities across the UK who take food from us, who then use it as part of their day-to-day service operations, whatever it is the needs are of their service users and beneficiaries, in order to be the hook that gets people in. There's a meal waiting, there's a food parcel that goes out. All of this available surplus food in the UK can be put to good use. And that's what Fair Share does. We connect those two worlds together. Yep, and you know, um, a lot of like restaurants and fast food chains and like bakeries, etc., they uh, tend to throw out a lot of their fresh food that, for example, wouldn't get used on the same day. They would just throw it out and it would be perfectly good food. So do you guys are in, uh, are you guys in contact with them as well? And do you guys like uh, have some sort of contract with them? We do indeed. So I would say surplus food, it's a bit like an iceberg. You see a bit of it above the the water surface and that supermarket it's the fast food chains as you've mentioned yeah and a lot of it is actually still back in the farms and at packing houses um in production sites so everywhere that food surplus occurs we try and have a relationship with those businesses those organizations those farmers the food at the end of the day as you mentioned that's probably only got 24 hours life on it hmm. so we try to be a bit more agile in terms of the types of charities who can pick up in the evening and go and use it yep. the other food that's more further down the supply chain often has two weeks life on it hmm. and that gives us time to move that around our network and help get it out to charities who would then be cooking it into meals but yep. We, yeah we've got an app that helps get the food from the end of day fast food places and we've got um, as i say 31 warehouses across the uk that support a whole network of local charities in communities across the UK. Yeah. Uh, Why would you say so many families and young children in the UK are, are, you know, essentially being forced to live in poverty? And how could this affect their well-being? Yeah, it's it's such a hard question. We've been going for 27 years and there's Mm. always been reasons why people have been in food insecurity. And it could be because of disabilities and because life is more expensive when you have a disability because of the the way in which you take transport to your hospital appointments. It could be parents who have to care for children and therefore can't go out and work the same number of hours that other people could. It could be mental health issues. And that's certainly something that we've seen on the increase because as we've come out of the pandemic, Hmm. people's jobs and livelihoods were affected during that. Some haven't been able to go back into the work that they did. And now with the cost of living increase, whatever it is that people are earning isn't enough to cope with that. And your previous caller talked about households with, you know, two or three people who were in full-time work, but it's not enough to be able to cover those costs. And certainly the impact of this situation on people's mental health if they're finding themselves in debt Hmm. or the constant struggle is also a reason for causing illness too. So we're seeing lots of contributory factors as to why people's economic ability are really being affected. And um, how can we encourage our listeners to engage with Fair Share so that, you know, we can collectively help those suffering from uh, lack of food and water? Well, we, yes, we would absolutely love any support that people can help us with and really conscious of the fact that 
you know, everyone's struggling to a certain extent because of all the different pressures, but actually even a pound hmm. donated to Fair Share can create, create the equivalent of four meals. Yeah. So if anyone is in a position to donate to us, we would be very grateful. But also the volunteers that I mentioned at the start of our conversation in our warehouses across the UK, the volunteers are the ones that help sort the food, hmm. drive the vans, get the food out there. So if anyone would like to either volunteer or think about donating if they can visit our website which is fairshare.org.uk there are lots of different ways to get involved and uh, do you guys do um, international work as well abroad we don't but we're part of a network of european organizations like ourselves and Mm. also international so there are equivalents to fair share in australia in france Mm. Um, but also actually we've had a great relationship in the uk with islamic relief so I know that they do work internationally as well. Yeah, yeah. We, we've been supported with a, a Kobani donation of lamb recently, and we've got great relationships. So between some of our partners, hmm. there's an international perspective as well. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Alison. You, you know, it's great work that your that Fair Share is doing, and uh, may it continue to do so. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and have a great day. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. So that was uh, Alison Walsh, who is, uh, you know, the commercial director at Fairshare. And, uh, you know, they're doing some great work. Mm-hmm. Not, like you mentioned, they have their, like, um, sister companies also in other countries as well. They're doing uh, similar work. And, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's good yeah, to see. It's, yeah, it's, it's good to hear. Good to see. Yeah. And, you know, we encourage our listeners as well to, you know, as she said, even donating just one pound could be the equivalent of four meals. Yeah. So... I mean, it, it, I mean, it is it, it, it's just a lack of awareness, isn't mm, it? Which people definitely. maybe maybe don't know about. Uh, people are genuinely um, wanting to mm. actually donate and help those other people who you know who are maybe struggling as well. Yeah. But maybe they just don't know how to or where to go. So this is just one of the outlets in which uh, you know one of the companies which is which is helping people who are in need as well. Mm. We see we see a lot of uh, we see a lot of uh, food banks. The increase of food banks as well. Not just because of the pandemic, hmm. but maybe it's maybe you know the, the maybe increased during the pandemic. But then after, uh, now we see the cost of living has gone up so much that uh, you know people actually rely on these food banks as well. And uh, you know there are a lot of food banks as well in 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 you know various up and down the country. Uh, if anyone you know wants wants to go to them, they 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 open for they open for the public. Yeah, and also it's not just uh, it's not just that it's. It's you know it's it's small things as well which you can actually do to to help to help uh, you know the general public as mm. well and uh, you know there's a saying of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him that if you if you make broth if you make you know if mm. you make any any mm. meal add you know add a little bit of water to that one mm. so it increases mm. it gets more and then you can you know distribute that to 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 your family uh, to your to your to your neighbors mm. and sometimes you know your neighbors might be you know. You know, you don't even know. Sometimes mm. your neighbors might might not be in a position that they can have th- you know three whole meals mm. uh, in a day. Maybe they need sort of you know maybe they need a little bit of assistance or that little that little help, isn't it? Yeah. And if you give them something to eat, maybe that that can make their day. That could, mm. that could be their dinner. So it, it are the, there are these small things that we can actually do to to make a to make a big difference. And uh, you know, just to give uh, some statistics as well from. From July 2021 to July 2022, domestic gas prices increased by 96% oh, and wow. domestic electricity by 54% as well. 
So you can imagine that's that's 96. one year. That's one year. Ninety six. It's almost double gas prices. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy in the dunya. It's crazy in the in the dunya. Yeah. But it's it's literally it's mm. literally how can how can you how can that even be justified, right? Mm. And people who are not even get any help, people who are not even get any support or minimum support. Mm. What literally? What are they? What are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? You know that's why Islam teaches. Uh, doesn't you know people think that Islam it teaches like um, in terms of like business and working mm. and stuff it teaches mm. uh, communism everyone should get the e- equal pay mm. basically but that's that's not the case Islam teaches that you should get paid what you are owed for mm. what you are doing yeah right and that that the inequality of wealth comes where the big bosses at the top they start making too much money mm. right yeah. A- the wealth should be like spread proportionally. Yeah. yeah, proportionally. Right? Islam doesn't stop you from making profit. Yeah. But it it shouldn't be like, you know, you shouldn't be making crazy amounts. Hmm. I it, mean, you work hard, yeah. you get paid. Exactly. You get paid hard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... The it, more effort put, the more you put effort. in, the, the better like amount you're going to get exactly. after. Exactly. Right? I mean, there's a saying in Urdu as well. Hmm. Yeah. So the, the more uh, like sweetness you put in, the sweeter the thing the will be. The sweeter the thing will be. So you you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very very beautifully put. But people there. do not. You know, people don't heed this, and uh, people just don't realize this. Exactly. So it's such a shame. But this is why, as you mentioned, you know, mm. Islam teaches the distribution of wealth as well. Yeah. And so many times in the Holy Quran, mm. Allah the Almighty has mentioned the you know alms giving, mm. giving zakat, yeah. and that's yeah. one of the five pillars of Islam actually. Mm. And everyone, everyone. Uh, who is uh, you know who has accumulated and it's such a well, small amount as well that. yeah it's, it's yeah. such a small amount it's yeah. not even that much hmm. but uh, you know it's it's a sad 2. thing 2.5% 2.5% right? in the whole year it's, it's yeah. nothing if you think about it it's literally nothing it's, it's literally, literally nothing but but it goes a but long can, way yeah, it goes as, a long as way. Um, yeah. Alison said one pound is uh, equates to four meals yeah and that can make a huge yeah. difference as well that can make a huge difference We've got a, a brief audio clip of, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, that the promised Messiah upon whom be peace has said that there's two fundamental rights that we need to owe. One is to fulfill the rights of God, you know, to worship Him, to obey Him. And of course, the on the other hand, it is the right to fulfill uh, hu- humankind's rights or the, the rights of mankind. Yeah. And this is very, very much important. Let's listen to an audio clip of His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadi Muslim community. May Allah be His helper, talking about uh, the importance of serving humanity. Our motivation and our desire to serve others is driven entirely by the teachings of Islam. The guiding light for any true Muslim is the Holy Quran, which, has, which was revealed to Islam's founder, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him. Time and again, the Holy Quran has instructed Muslims to serve mankind and to fulfill the needs of those who are suffering or are deprived in any way. It requires Muslims to be selfless and consumed by a love for others. It requires us to be ever ready to make sacrifices for the sake of the peace and well-being of other people. For example, in chapter 3, verse 111, Allah the Almighty has stated that a Muslim is he who enjoins what is good and forbids 
evil. <clears throat> Here the Quran explains that true Muslims are people who promote goodness, stay away from evil and injustice, and encourage others to do good deeds as well. Only a person who has a sincere love for humankind and feels the anguish of God's creation can be caring and sympathetic in the way the Quran desires. Such profound love for humanity is only possible if your heart is pure and free from malice and selfishness. In chapter 2, verse 84 of the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty instructs Muslims to speak kindly at all times, to be considerate of the feelings of other people, and to love and protect vulnerable members of society, such as orphans, children, or those living in poverty or destitution. I mean, this is uh, this was uh, what His Holiness has uh, mentioned, or what he mentioned was that the rights that we owe to mm. the rights that we owe to mankind, and the Holy Quran speaks uh, extensively about those rights which we owe to mankind, whether they be our family members, mm. whether they be people that we know, or whether they be strangers or orphans or widows or you know anyone mm. who are who are you know who who, who we owe right yeah. uh, our rights. Islam, to. you know, further teaches us that the hand that gives, the hand on top is always better than the hand that receives. Very beautiful. And that's, beautiful. that's it's not in the sense that, you know, they are, uh, we, we're thinking of someone that they're lower. It's encouraging people mm. to give exactly. to those who are in need. Even if it's only a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, this was our this was our show uh, today. Thank you so much for for listening. Of course, uh, to all of our guests uh, who took time out uh, and spoke to us today as well, um, uh, the producers and researchers. Thank you to to all of them as well. It's always a pleasure to uh, to present with you, um, mm. uh, brother Muhammad Atar, and of course Habib in the studio. Until next time, assalamualaikum.